Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And welcome to the Tracy Sandler Show on the Believe Podcast Network. Much to discuss today. And I'm very excited to welcome my guest, Ellis Hobbs III, former NFL cornerback, current host of Vicarious Experience here on the Believe Podcast Network. And we're going to talk a lot about that. But first, you guys may have heard... The San Francisco 49ers have lost their quarterback for the season again on the first offensive (laughs) series on Sunday. Jimmy Garoppolo was sacked. He broke his foot. He will have season ending surgery. It's kind of odd because when they lost Trey Lance earlier in the season, it was either on their first or second offensive series. His ankle got rolled up. He is out for the season. So It's Brock Purdy time in San Francisco, Mr. Irrelevant. He was the final pick in the 2022 NFL draft. And there's a lot to unpack here. I mean, number one, your heart just has to break for Jimmy Garoppolo, who had fought back the offseason drama and back and forth is well documented. And both he and the team were really hitting their stride. I think he was playing his best football. Ellis, as a former NFL player, how does it feel when you see that? Because that is just the, such tough part of the sport. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's definitely uh, torn emotions when you when you talk about the uh, war of attrition, you know, on an individual level as well as a team level. You know, typically when you see success within the latter part of the season going into the playoffs, uh, more than not, those teams have like some sort of health about them or guys are starting to come out of rehab and starting to hit that peak again going into, you know, the the end of the season into the playoffs. But, you know, with, with something like this, I mean, it, it, it definitely uh, strikes a nerve. Obviously, my career ended on an injury. And so from a uh, first person point of view, I can totally sympathize, even empathize with them as far as, you know, uh, psychologically what that means and you hit it right on the head for him to go through so much during the off season. I mean, think about the normal nine to five job. Just imagine somebody pulling you around like that, you know, day in and day out. Now, granted, you know, we're talking about millions of dollars and, you know, he's far from being, you know, in a, in a situation of like disparity, but at the same time, you still want to have some sort of mental um, stability about the whole situation. And so that's one side of it. But then you take it on the other side and I've been there as well to where it presents opportunity for somebody else. And so last time I checked, you know, there's a 75% turnover rate when it comes to, um, you know, the NFL. So three out of four people are switching positions, leaving the league, doing something of that caliber um, 
throughout the course of the the, the regular season, the off season, um, just downtime in general. And so uh, Brock Purdy, you mentioned it. He's actually alumni from Iowa State. I went to uh, Iowa State. Mm-hmm. So there's part of me that wants to root for that as well. And knowing that he was a four-year starter, did amazing things at Iowa State. And so I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. And so, you know, that that cliche statement of next man up is really presenting itself as true in this situation. Basketball is back and bet online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news and game trends at bet online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, bet online features live betting, free contests and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. And the 49ers, for better or worse, are really familiar with next man up. It is something they have dealt with for years. It is something they deal with a lot at the running back position. It's something Absolutely. they dealt with at quarterback. And it's interesting when you talk about at this point in the season, getting healthy and the 49ers were at a point are at a point in a lot of positions where they were getting healthy. But then of course, last week they lose Elijah Mitchell this week, they lose Jimmy Garoppolo. And it's, it's such a funny phrase, not funny, haha in the NFL, because you can get healthy but one play, and now you are not healthy anymore. And that is the thing that's tough in the NFL. And that's why I think good teams obviously have depth and good teams find a way to win. And let's talk a little bit about, about Brock Purdy. When I was reading up on you, I saw that you went to Iowa State. And I thought, well, if that isn't really appropriate on this day of all days, of yeah, Florida, right. Carter. <laughs> and you know, the thing with Brock Purdy that was interesting, and kind of going back to training camp, he was, as I said, picked final pick in the draft, quote unquote, Mr. Irrelevant. He's very relevant now, but the 49ers were pretty high on him. And they let Nate Sudfeld go. They were they were afraid that had they cut him with the hopes of re-signing him to the practice squad, someone else would pick him up. They were really vocal about that to start the season. And it just was very, it's very interesting. And then I think you see it on Sunday. He comes in with a confidence. It wasn't perfect to use a Kyle Shanahan quote that he uses a lot. By no mm-hmm. means was it perfect, but <laughs> he still was confident. He looked good. The amount of people on that team, including the coach that said that he had balls, cojones or nuts is kind of amazing. So yeah. there was you. He looked it was interesting because you had Tua, who's an MVP candidate who looked a little bit more like a rookie who would barely played football. And then you had Brock Purdy come in. And he just kind of handled the situation. So is it crazy to think that they still could go far with him as quarterback? No, not at all. I mean, I I, I look at that situation as, you know, and, and you know, keep this within context, uh, because obviously he's been in the in, in the study room, the film room, and, and he's been preparing for this moment. But you look at it kind of like a first time poker player. You know, the, the innocence and the ignorance of the entire situation is actually on your side. It's mm-hmm. an asset for you. And so when you go out there with that mentality of I don't care, I just want to go play the game that I've been preparing for and love. There's something about that. And, and I think a big part of success in the NFL is just confidence. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you wouldn't be there if you didn't have the physical capabilities, right? But um, I've always talked about how the mental separates a lot of players. And then when you talk about elite status, you know, it's that preparation day in and day out with that mentality. It's not about the physical um, nature because, again, the body's going to do what it's going to do. But you look back through the course of, you know, Brock Purdy's maturation from his freshman year at Iowa State to where he is now. And you talk to a lot of inner circles. They always had the confidence in Brock Purdy. Now, going into from his junior year to his senior year after they won the Big 12 uh, or excuse me, went to the Big 12 championship and uh, did amazing things at the Fiesta Bowl, uh, winning that game against Oregon, there was a backslide. And a lot of people that thought that he was going to kind of come into his own and really take a, uh, a push towards the Heisman just because of what they were doing up there at Iowa State. It just didn't evolve to that nature right but nevertheless that that core perspective that core foundation was still there a four-year starter Mm -hmm. brought a team out from nothing uh typically when you talk about iowa state you're not putting them up there with the texas you're not putting them up there with the oklahomas but guess what he's beat those teams Mm -hmm. and so when you talk about playing those types of players and competing against them those are the guys you see first round second round picks so him coming into the game now um, from a from a stadium of 70, 60, 80,000 on the road is no big deal. Being at home in San Francisco and now just coming in and just filling a role and filling a position and just doing what you love to do, which is play football. Well, and Debo Samuel said something on Sunday that I thought, it, you know, the throws, the confidence, all of that. But Debo Samuel said something that I thought kind of spoke a little bit to understanding that you were the quarterback in, in those situations. It's he said, you know, Brock had to call a timeout. They were, you know, they were slow getting the plays off, which was understandably so. Uh, but he had to call a timeout and he just did it. And Debo said, it takes a lot of nuts to call a timeout when Kyle Shanahan has not said that you can call a timeout. Yeah. Yeah. That's like a Cardinal saying, if you're calling timeouts without authorization, like, yeah, you bet, you better have a valid reason. And I was like, you know what though, in some ways, I'm sure Kyle Shanahan, I'm sure there will be discussion this week of like, don't do that again. But in some ways it has to give you some sort of confidence that he understands the role and what it means. And it is his job to be the quarterback and be on the field and make decisions that need to be made in the moment. And I I don't know why I felt that to be kind of one of the more interesting and confidence building, you know, statements from members of the team. So, I mean, everybody and everybody said it about him. And it was interesting, too. It's like a couple of weeks ago, we were talking to George Kittle just about Jimmy And he said how, I think actually it was last week, because last week it looked like Jimmy really hurt his knee and he did not, but Mm -hmm. it looked like he hurt his knee and Brock Purdy was warming up and George Kittle said, he'd made a comment that no offense to Brock Purdy, but I definitely want to see Jimmy Garoppolo out there as quarterback. And I don't think anybody would argue with that, but now here they are in this position and it's the Brock Purdy show. And I don't think it's crazy. They have a number of offensive weapons, that defense. And I want to talk to you about that as a former corner, of course, but that defense is incredible. I don't think, I don't think it's over. It's harder, but I don't think it's over. It will. It's, it's not, it's not a crazy statement to say that Jimmy Garoppolo puts wind in the sails of the 49ers, specifically on that defense, because they're comfortable with Jimmy. They've seen what Jimmy can do, regardless of the the details of it. And, and And I understand the details matter and they're very important. You still cannot discredit this man for taking them to the Super Bowl. 
mm-hmm. taking them through the playoffs and winning games, elite games and an elite status. And so when you're having the Trey Lance conversation, you have to remember all that is administrative. The yeah. people that are on the field with him, that are battling with him day in and day out, meeting Jimmy Garoppolo, the, that's where the confidence is. And so you saw that that level of play rise up when Jimmy was, you know, pretty much pushed back into the fold of being the starting quarterback. So it's not a, 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 a outlandish statement by, you know, Kittle to, to want that, his human nature, right? Because he's comfortable with that. Now, the same thing, when you look at it on the other side with Brock Purdy, he can't take offense to that. I mean, I was in the same situation when I first got my starting position with the New England Patriots. But that's where that confidence comes back in. It's like, listen, guys, I'm going to earn your respect. I, I understand the process. I'm going to earn your respect. And regardless of how you feel out here, I still have a job to do. And over time, as he consistently does his job, because that's what a professional is, doing something at a high level consistently, he will win over George Kittle. And you look down the road where George Kittle's not even, and again, this is on the flip side, no disrespect to Garoppolo. Now it's like, hey, we got this under control. And so I love the fact that Brock Purdy is grabbing both, uh, putting both hands on the wheel and taking control because do we, is it, is it a, it do, don't we all appreciate when somebody actually makes a decision? Like if someone's on the fence, someone hesitates, especially in this game, you know, you get so much criticism and and, and just chastised for that. But when you make a decision, you go with it, win, lose or draw, you can respect that because that man is decisive and he knows what he's trying to do and he's going out there to win. And George did say on Sunday that there is a confidence and fearlessness in him. And and I think he came in and, and he got the job done. I mean, they were playing probably one of the best teams in the league. This was the biggest game of the season just in terms of a test. I mean, I guess you could say that about the Chiefs, but that was a hot mess. So this was a big game for <laughs> yeah. the 49ers. <laughs> to say to the prove, least. <laughs> to say the least. And that's putting it very kindly. But then for the 49ers to prove that they are in the upper echelon of teams, that they are a Super Bowl contender. So this was a big game. This was not playing a team that didn't have a good offense or had good defense and hasn't really won a lot. This was an important game. There were a lot of storylines in this game. Yep. There was Daniel coming back. There was Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson. There was stuff throughout the week. And Brock Purdy also didn't have to come in. Jimmy didn't get hurt in the third or fourth quarter. He got hurt on the first offensive series of the game, which meant Brock Purdy had to come in and lead them to victory, not to be dramatic. And I would, I would certainly make the argument that the defense – led them to victory, stopping one of the most prolific offenses, holding them to 33 yards, rushing four takeaways. I mean, you know, they they were just absolutely incredible as the defense is. Nick Bosa and his three sacks in one game. I mean, they were unbelievable. And when the defense plays like that, it certainly helps. But they still had to score points and they did it. And they yeah, it relieves a lot of pressure. I mean, it, yeah. it takes off a lot of the pressure and, and it was a perfect storm perfect situation for Brock Purdy to come into where you're starting the beginning of the game pretty much with a clean slate. Um, You have an amazing defense um, that is, is pretty much just, they're doing their job and beyond. And so you as a game manager is literally defined in that role. Just manage the game within the course of managing the game. You're going to get big plays. You're going to get scores. You're going to get touchdowns. All you have to do basically is your job is avoid the huge mistakes. Mm -hmm. And if you can do that more than not, then you're going to find yourself very successful in the NFL because regardless of how fantastic a one-handed catch is, how amazing, you know, those long deep balls are, the backbone of any successful team leading to the play through the playoffs, getting to the championship is going to be a high caliber defense, which San Francisco 49ers have. 
Absolutely. And, and and with Brock, I think the the touchdown drive at the end of the first half to me was the one that said, okay, this guy can do it. Yeah. This guy can do it. And he's got he's got a lot around him. He's got Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel made a four-yard loss look as amazing as I've ever seen a four-yard loss look yesterday. <laughs> yeah. But it was gonna he's be a 14. He's an amazing loss. specimen. Yeah, he's an amazing he's specimen. He's an amazing specimen. So you've got that. You do have Kittle, you do have Trent Williams, you have Christian McCaffrey. I mean, you've got Brandon Ayuk. He's got a lot of pieces around him and he's got that defense so we'll see well next week you of course mentioned the new england patriots next week the buccaneers come to town with tom brady uh which was going to be the first time tom brady and jimmy garoppolo had ever played each other and that of course now will probably never happen brock purdy made a very funny i don't not on purpose funny i don't think comment yesterday but someone asked him what's it like for your first nfl start to be against the goat. And he said, I mean, it's really cool. The dude's been playing football longer than I've been alive. And I know he didn't mean anything by him, but it was funny nonetheless. Um, but it'll, it'll be fun. But he also looked unfazed by it, but he's like, but yeah, he's like, we're in the league. You're in the league yeah. at this point, man. And like, you, you can't survive in the league with this, with this awe factor. There's admiration. Don't get me wrong, but you go out there with this wide starry eyed awe effect. You're going to be right on the sideline with everybody else in that same starry-eyed awe effect. And so you have to continually have that laser focus. You have to come out there with a sense of like, this guy is no different than me. Um, you give respect to everything that Tom has done, right? But when we get onto the field, I'm competing. And and I'm competing against whomever it is. And 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 for the, for the sake of just from my perspective of everything and how I played on defense and really the mentality that I carried was, I'm coming to take your head off. And mm-hmm. so however, however I need to do that to get my job done and effectively do that so that my family can eat, so that I can sustain a job and so that I can have a W-2, I'm going to do that. And so I think Brock Purdy is taking that that same uh, situation. I think the, the world that we live in, uh, the, the media themselves, sometimes we try to put that pressure on on individuals to come into a sense of paying homage and doing all these other things. But I love the approach. I, I love it. And it's, it's no disrespect. If you're a true competitor, you should feel no disrespect. Now, there's there's certain ways that you cross the line, of course. Mm-hmm. But if you're doing that with a sense of humility, which I believe Brock Purdy is doing in a respect of the game and, and his competitor, then, yeah, there's, there's no foul there. Oh, no, absolutely not. So we'll see. It'll be uh, it'll be an interesting week in Santa Clara. It'll be an interesting game next week. And you know, the 49ers, they're in a they're also in a good position right now that it's it's the Buccaneers on Sunday. They go to Seattle. That's going to end up being a pretty big game. Once yep. again, the NFC West comes down to the 49ers and the Seahawks. It's like written in the stars. Uh, that's just how it tends to be, except for the one year. Uh, but, you know, that does seem to be often. Well, I guess except for other years, but that often does seem to be the case. Uh, and then they'll have the commanders. They'll have the Raiders. They have a favorable schedule to finish out the season, uh, a schedule in which I think should the defense continue to play at a high level and the skill positions do what they need to do, it'll be a good time for Brock Purdy to be coming in as the starter and be thrown into the fire. I'll put yeah, it it's, fa- it's favorable, but at the same time, when I hear some of those teams, like they're, they're in desperate situations and they're on That's the true. cusp of You're playoffs right. and like you talk about the Raiders, you know, the Bucks, like they're all right there in the thick of things, right? So that that push that they're going to need on their side is definitely going to be felt by San Francisco, but it'll just be a great uh barometer test of uh, overall to see where um the 49ers line up as far as 
um, their elite caliber team and how they stand up with, again, with all of these injuries that they're uh, accruing right now and being able to move forward. Because once they get into the playoffs, if they if they're able to, to, to get there, you know, you're going to see, you know, obviously elite football and you're going to have to be playing your very best with the team that you currently have. And those commanders are sneaky. They're a few weeks away. Yeah, those man. Commanders are Scary sneaky. Terry. Scary Terry is the truth, man. Yep, they really they really are. So so we will see. All right, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about your new podcast, Vicarious Experience. Just tell us what it's about, how it all came about, um, and welcome to the Believe Podcast Network. <laughs> yeah, man, it, it feels good to be here. I, I was very humbled uh, with the opportunity. I actually uh, didn't believe it at first. It's uh, one of the actual um, reps reached out to me via email from another company email that I have from an entirely different business for credit repair. And um, they had talked about how they had seen some of my videos and, and uh, you know, how I spoke and things that I would talk about and uh, said, you know, would you be willing to think about taking on the opportunity of this? And I said, absolutely. And the reason why is because for years, uh, people wanted me to get into broadcasting and things like that, which obviously I have some in-depth experience from a from a first point perspective of, you know, the game uh, that I played for so long. But I just always felt like, you know, that was a funnel. That was a funnel game. And it was a situation where, you know, no disrespect to anybody that's still doing it right now, obviously, because they're doing it. But, you know, you can get into those positions and sometimes get pigeonholed or it's always the next hottest thing and then you get moved out. Mm -hmm. And so I always wanted to be able to do something like that, but do it under my own terms and, you know, kind of backdoor, kind of like the Michael Strahan, the Ryan Seacrest model, just a mercenary for hire. Mm -hmm. And uh, when this opportunity was presented, I thought it would be an amazing uh, thing to do because I have the freedom to talk about much more than football. And, and I believe sometimes with sports, we get so uh, enamored with the identity of uh, who we are as professional athletes that we actually forget, you know, on the on the personal side, uh, individual side and as the as the fan that we're human and that we have a story and like, it just didn't happen overnight. And so someone used to describe it to me like this. Um, sometimes people think that when they cut the TV on, we come alive. And it's like, no, I actually live for an additional 20 hours <laughs> it's like, uh, right. throughout, you know, throughout the day. So I have other things going on. You know, I have, you know, I have a mortgage, I have car payments, I have, you know, arguments with my wife. I have uh, Winterfest 22, I did this weekend that I had to be at with my little girls at their school and dropping them off and doing all kinds of things and my wife doing those. Types. So that was, you know, after football, I had some of this stuff going on during football and then family dynamics and then where I came from and then me trying to be a businessman and transitioning out of that. So you hear all of these horror stories and the tragedies sometimes, but you just don't hear the story. And so with Vicarious Experience, that's where the name derived from is this. I want people to, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, enjoy it from a first-person perspective of me talking about it. And now I want to be able to invite other people from their worlds to talk about what they've lived through, what they've been successful at, what they've failed at. And at the end of the day, from an audience, I want them to gain the understanding of, you know what, it's, it's more in-depth than what I thought, but I appreciate it. And there's a sense of admiration, but also an ignited ignitement of it can be done. It's possible. And whatever their journey, whatever their story is, create it. 
and just continually move forward. But understand that all of this is a process and it's a road that you have to walk. You're not going to run it. You're not going to get there uh, overnight. But if you're willing to put in the effort and, and, and do what's necessary on a day in and day out basis, um, you know, you have the opportunity to put yourself in a position to see success. And I'm really glad that you're doing this because I think that is something, and I, I talk about this a lot on the podcast and, and on radio and all of that kind of stuff is that athletes are people, they are humans. And you're <laughs> right. I think a lot of people do think not, I don't think they would say, I think you could say that to someone and they'd be like, I don't think that, but they kind of do um, think it's a knee jerk reaction. It's a, it, yeah. they get offended because they, you know, in their minds, they would never dare think like that, but everything that they do like perpetrates that yes. and it pushes towards that, 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 that ideal of like, you, you come to life when I look at you yeah. and like when I, when I need you for fantasy points, that's when like, and basically that's when you're important to me. Right. No, I, th- I think you're totally right. And they forget. And I think we can all forget it. It is your job. You're going to work. And someone, I remember my first year on the 49ers beat, one of the players said something about, yeah, when I get off of work, I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I mean, it was, my, it was my first year on the beat, and I'm not like proud of this, but I think I could admit it. I remember thinking, he has another job. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And then, and then it, I was like, oh, no, that work. He's at work. And it's you, I think we can all forget that. But it yeah, is but- job, it is work, it is practice. Just like, you know, no one comes to, well, maybe they might, but for the most part, no one's coming to a law office and being like, you suck and you ruined my fantasy. Like people, people act in a way, and part of it is social media, but that's so inappropriate. And that if someone came to our places of business and talked to us like that, we'd be horrified. But yeah. I mean, and it's, and it, the way, in the way that is justified, Tracy, is because we're, we've been conditioned as just human beings mm-hmm. and as athletes, because we've been playing this game since a young age, right? Mm-hmm. And because we've been playing it at such a young age, whether it was basketball, baseball, football, hockey, badminton, anything, you forget that you've transitioned into now you're getting paid for a service yes. and you're entertaining. But the reality is, is that when that check comes, there's a W-2, there's FICA, there's a lot of different things that are happening within that check that lets you know that this is a real job. Mm -hmm. And so because it's out of the ordinary to go to practice versus going to the cooler to go get a drink at the near the copy machine, Mm -hmm. it's looked at as some outside extra extraterrestrial thing of this can't possibly be work because I can't assimilate with that. I can't really identify with that, but it really is. It's just, I'm using my body to do what I need to do. And so I had a moment similar to what you're talking about, where my uncle, he was, he played uh, professional football uh, back in the early nineties coming out of Florida. And I was talking to my grandmother. We had came down for the game. Uh, he was playing for the Washington Redskins at the time. And I asked her, I said, I said, grandma, where's uncle junior at? And he said, Oh baby, he's already went to work. And I was like, work. I thought he played football. And like, <laughs> that was a reality moment. Now I was 12, I was 13, 12 years old. Right. And like, that, like that reality hit me and I was like, wow, like he actually works. And so, yeah, when I, when I got into the league, I actually started to say that and like, yeah, I'm at work. I'll talk to you later. I'm at work. And, and I had a lot of pushback. People would joke about it. They would clown it. 
um, they would say, you know, sometimes derogatory things. And it was like, uh, they just really tried to, you know, put you in a, in a, in a position of like, you're not like me, which again, it's true. I, you know, I get paid a different amount of money, but you can say the same thing about a lawyer. You can say the same thing about a doctor. You know, these people go into work and they're in high pressure situations and they have to perform. And because of that, they get paid a certain amount of money. It's just because of, like you said, media, social media, our standards, the way that we do the, what we prioritize is put professional sports in its own category, which, you know, there is some positive behind that, but yeah, at the end of the day, we're still human beings. You're absolutely, you're a human being. You have kids, you have a wife, you have more, all the things that you said. And I get on a much, much smaller scale, but I get it a lot from people who say to me, are you going to the game on Sunday? (laughs) I go to to all the games. That's my job. Can you come to my tailgate? I cannot. I get to the stadium like three or four hours early and have a whole day. Well, how about after the game? Can you meet for drinks? Well, no, after the game, I have media and locker room and and then I have to write and record podcasts. and, And it's but and I'm and this is people don't mean anything by it. And I it's like my thing. I have to not take offense to it. But sometimes when someone says to me, are you going to the game on Sunday? I'm like, I want to be like, it's my job. It's my job. I just happen to work on Sundays. <laughs> yes, I just happen to work on Sundays. And someone asked me, even with practice, and they didn't mean anything by it, but like a year or so ago, someone said to me, why do you go to practice every day? Is it just because you like it? And then I was like, no, because that's that's where I prepare for the game. I mean, it's obviously different than if you guys prepare for the game, but I'm keeping an eye on and injuries and who's there and talking to people in the locker room and interviews. And that's part of my job. And I said, it's like, it would be like asking you, why don't you just show up at court as right. opposed to preparing for the case? And I know it feels different, but it's part of it. And people don't get it. And obviously it's on a much, much smaller scale that would, what you and athletes deal with, but it's just, it's interesting that people, because sports for most of us is an outlet and fun. And I have that side too, for the Dodgers and Michigan football, like I'm a full fan, but I think for those who aren't in the industry in any way, it, fe- it still feels like, oh, but it's a game. It's and, that, and that's the and to me, that's the beauty of it. And that's why I, I always side with sports when it comes to justifying, you know, the pay, mm-hmm. the uh, the things that are, are that that come with it, the notoriety, uh, the success, because all those things are great, right? But when you have to be able to handle that and still do a job. Mm-hmm. That's where the 1% of the 1% um, show themselves true. And if you had to ask the normal nine to five everyday person, I'll, I'll just take sports out of it to just to perform at a high level on call, mm-hmm. on call. And I think that's the difference, like on call right now, people just don't want that uncomfortableness of pressure. Like mm-hmm. somebody's watching me, somebody's like, they're, 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 they're critiquing me. They're talking about every single thing. I mean, that's why social media exists because people have the freedom to do whatever they want, mm-hmm. say whatever they want and feel like they have no recourse of action and no accountability for whatever they do. Now we've seen certain instances where, you know, that happens, but more than not, I mean, how many people have we seen just on social media today, today that are saying some of the most outlandish things, but then just kind of close the curtains and disappear. Mm-hmm. Where with professional sports, uh, someone like you, where you have to have an integrity, an eth- eth- ethical perspective of things, and you have to do right by what you're reporting. Like there, there's there's accountability and pressure there to do those things. More importantly, the pressure to keep a job. 
Um, mm-hmm. Like the competitiveness that, that comes with the types of jobs that we have when you have high pressure jobs um, like we do. And so as much as we enjoy it, I think sometimes that gets over glamorized mm-hmm. because what doesn't come with it is all of the baggage and the responsibility that you have. And so you see, you know, those those, those handful of athletes who are mismanaging their life doing certain things, say like Antonio Brown, where he's just out there and somehow that get that gets broadcasted as the general population of professional athletes. Um, but at the end of the day, the ones who are maintaining success and sustaining are, are going in day in and day out to work, W-O-R-K, work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's where the success is. And you bring up a very good point too, with something that's different in sports and kind of going back to what we talked about at the beginning of this podcast, there's always someone coming for your job and you're always interesting. <laughs> you know, I think of Christian McCaffrey said that part of the reason Brock Purdy came out and performed well is because of Jimmy Garoppolo, because right. Jimmy Garoppolo in a quarterback room is teaching and setting an example and helping him along. And when you look at Jimmy last year, when Trey Lance came in and how he handled that and Trey like just thinks the world of Jimmy and speaks so highly of Jimmy And it's also kind of an interesting world that you're in a room with other people who do your job and who want your job, but also want you to be successful. And it is like a whole thing that I don't think anybody but a professional athlete could really understand. Yeah, I mean, so just imagine if someone went to work tomorrow or today and then they show up tomorrow and they see 10 people lined up at their desk. Mm-hmm. And on top of the desk, it says applications, we're ready to hire. And for, for your specific position, like you're going to go to work feeling some kind of way. And you're yeah. going to go, you're going to want to talk to the boss like, hey, what's going on? Like, what did I do? And then the boss tells you, oh, nothing. We're just preparing. And like preparing for what? Like, like what's going on? And like, oh, you never know. You may not show up tomorrow because your kid may get sick and we need to replace you. Like, that's how it works. Like that's right. literally how it works on inside the uh, inside the NFL or professional sports. To where when you can't perform or show up to do your job night in and night out, yes, there's some grace, you know, with money and there's some nuances and things like that. But that 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 rope is very short, and if you end up burning through that, somebody is there to replace you, and they're biting at the bit to get there, and you know, and that that cycle deadly cycle just continues every single year to where I don't know any other job in the world where literally 300 plus people are vying for your position the very next year, um, sometimes less than a calendar year. And so yeah. it's just one of those things, man, where you have to really appreciate it. But how many times have we all been guilty of this, even me, where someone gets injured And then, you know, our heart goes out to them and you feel some kind of way. But then, man, I hope this quarterback can come in and help us win the game. We're not even thinking about that guy anymore. It's like we're we're moving on, you know, to the to the next. And so, you know, when you're conditioned in that world and you see that, you know, during spring football, during two a days where somebody blows a knee out and you just all you hear is a whistle. And then the next words are move it up 10 yards. Let's keep it going. Like this guy just lost his career but we have to get these next 10 plays in because we're on a time clock. And so when you get into that world, there's some things I personally say it, Tracy, there's some things that professional sports uh, shows 
that it wasn't meant for the world. It wasn't meant to be seen, but social media, the powers that be are start tapping into those spaces. And so now there's, there's control, there's mitigation around it. But I assure you some of these things, they're never going to change because that's what operates that world. And I think your podcast is going to be, is so interesting and going to be such an eye-opening experience for people. So um, congratulations again. And yes. I'm glad that, that you're doing it. And this conversation is any indication it's it's going to be a, a fantastic show. Can you let everybody know what day does it come out? How many times a week? All of that fun stuff. So we actually had a tentative date um, of December 7th. So two days okay. from now. But unfortunately, um, just because of some uh, contract situations and just getting some things lined up uh, with my co-host, Michael Elkins, uh, who's an amazing guy. He's actually a, a workers comp uh, lawyer by trade, but a oh. fanatic uh, sports fan. Um, we actually met uh, via uh, a colleague and uh, he's actually um, by, I would say by heart, a New England Patriot fan. And so he actually ran a podcast for quite some time. I asked him to come on. I thought he would be an amazing asset to me. Um, and so getting all those things organized, we're pushing that back, probably going into uh, January. So tentatively okay. within the second week of January, we want to get a couple of episodes off. That first episode is going to be some of the things that I just talked about with you, uh, but more importantly, just my story. Uh, the first podcast leading in and I'll allow him to kind of narrate that, asking certain questions. And I, and I really want it to be uh, something to where I'm not even prepped for it. I want to just talk uh, transparently because I think those are some of the best conversations. Obviously, I want to have respect for private uh, privacy with relationships and things like that. But I want to be able to let people inside of my world and then hopefully it portrays that it's OK for other people to come on here and do the same thing. Uh, but yeah, we're tentatively looking at probably around the second week of January. Fantastic. And where can every find everybody find you on social media for all of its negatives? Where can everybody find you on social media? <laughs> yeah. So so yeah, so I, I'm learning how to to embrace social media, but um it's just my first and last name. Uh so Ellis underscore Hobbs uh with the three at the end. So Ellis underscore Hobbs, three at the end. That's on uh, Instagram. On Twitter, it's just my name, Ellis Hobbs, all lowercase, um, just my name. And then, um, you know, YouTube channel, um, all of those things are in the works. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be patient with social media because that's not my space. <laughs> but uh, those two right there should suffice. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. Uh, this was awesome. I'm really excited to listen to your pod. Yeah, man. I'm glad to, I'm glad to be on here. Thank you. Absolutely. You guys, we are brought to you by Bet Online. And with that, I will talk to everybody later in the week. Bye, all. Peace. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.